0: Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald This is a Sicha from Lekutu Siches, Chelek Tazayin, Parshas Pekudei Sicha Aleph And the topic of the Sicha is that in this week's parsha we learn how Moshe Rabbeinu gave over to the Yidden the Tzivri of Hashem about the Trumasa Mishkan and the Tzivri of Hashem about the building of the Mishkan and it's told to us with all of its details. And then we learn how the yidin implemented these Tzivuyim. And again, it's told to us with all of its details. And there are six parts in the Sikha. The rebel number one, ask what the explanation is for Rashi in Pshut Mikra for all this repetition. The Torah told us already in Parshish Truman Etzava about the Trumasa Mishkan and the building of the Mishkan with its details. So why does the Torah again repeat it in our Parsha twice? Number two, present a partial answer and reject it. Number three, present an answer to the question. Number four, ask and answer a question on this answer. Number five, based on this, explain a detail in a different Rashi. And number six, present all of this and the meaning of all of it in Pnimis We already explained many times that Rashi in his Pirush, in his commentary on the Torah, addresses and explains every matter that lacks explanation in Pshutosh Mikra, And when Rashi doesn't have an an explanation for something, so he writes, I don't know, because his job is to address every single question. Therefore, when something seems to be difficult in the understanding of the Pesuken, so we must say one of two things, either that it's not really a difficulty, and the answer is self-understood, or that it's understood and answered based on an earlier teaching of Rashi. So Rashi did address this question by giving us the information to answer it in an earlier Rashi. According to this, there's a difficulty. In the current is there's something which isn't understood in Shutisha Mikra, and Rashi doesn't address it. In parshas Vayakal, the Terror recounts, Meshur Rabbeinu gave over to the Yidden the Tzivay of Hashem regarding the Trumas and it spells out all of its details, like you can see on the scroll on the right. And afterwards, how he gave over the tzivui regarding the making of the Mishkan and its kalim, And it spells out all of its details like you can see in the next scroll. Then afterwards, the terror recounts how the Yidden brought the donations for the work of making the Mishkan. And then it relates, and with all the details, how the Chach Melev made the Mishkan. It talks about the Yireas, or the kalim, And then in our Parsha, the Big De'ekunah. And Lecha'era, it would be enough to just state, as it does in many places, that Moshe gave over to the Yidden the whole civil of hashem to make the mishkan and then it would state b'nei Yisrael, hashem Moshe. there's no need for the terror to repeat all the details each time we have three times over here we have hashem giving the command to Moshe, we have Moshe giving the command to the Yidden, and then we have the Yidden fulfilling the command it would seem that it's enough that in the command of Hashem to Moshe, all the details are spelled out, and then it would say Moshe gave the command to the Eden, and then finally the Eden fulfilled the command, or it would even just state V'yasu b'nei tziv It would just say that the Eden fulfilled the command without saying that Moshe told them the command, and we'd understand that he told them the command. Why does the Torah have to go and in each of these things mention all the details? The Torah tells us the command of Hashem to Moshe, and then it says all the details of the true Muslim Mishkan and of the making of the Mishkan. Then it says how Moshe Rabbeinu gave these commands over to the Eden, and it says them in all of their details. And then it says how the Eden fulfilled the command, and again it says it with all the details. And this difficulty is especially since Rashi says in the beginning of Parshas Vayakal, when it says how Moshe gave the command to the Eden, he says that I already explained all the details of what's gonna be spoken about over here in the command when Hashem gave it to Moshe, which indicates that there's nothing new over here and therefore there's no need for Rashi to teach anything. So if Rashi doesn't have to teach anything on this because there's nothing new in it, so certainly the Torah shouldn't repeat itself. And this is a question in Shulchan Aruch that many the address. And in Rashi we don't find any, any answer to this question. And this, Question is especially difficult since Rashi teaches earlier in Parshus Kisisa why the Terror repeats just a few words of Lois of Ashlek three times. So, over so here, when we have entire Parshus repeated, Rashi should certainly address it and explain why it's being done. Now, the part of this question is answered based on a teaching of Rashi and the Pasuk where it says of Etzalal ben Uri. Also, shared, is Rashi says that, that Moshe instructed Bezalel to first make the Kalem that were in the Mishkan and then afterwards to build the Mishkan. The way things are done is that first a person builds a home and then puts Kalem in it. So Moshe responded to You're right, that's exactly what a Actually heard from Hashem. And that's what he did. First he made the Mishkan, and after he made the Kehilim. And so that's why the Torah tells us when, when and how Betzalel did the building of the Mishkan, so that we should see the difference. We should see this change that Betzalel did it differently than the way Moshe originally set it over. So we can see this idea. So that would be the explanation for why the Torah tells us the details, so we should see this difference, this change that Betzalel made. However, this is not a good enough answer because in addition to the fact that according to this it doesn't answer at all why it's all repeated when Moshe gave over the command to the Yidin. It's only telling us why it's repeated when B'tzalel actually built it but it's not talking about when the command was given over. It also doesn't answer, number one, why it teaches about the making of the Kalem and Bigdekunah. It just has to say that he built the Mishkan and then everything else was done and we know the Mishkan was done before the Kalem. Number two, more importantly, this doesn't require mentioning the details, like their measurements. It could just say he built the Mishkan without getting into all the details. And also in addition, after the repetition, when it says, It says that they brought the Mishkan to Meishah. So this is the third question now. The Torah again repeats all the details of the Mishkan and the Kalim. So we have, so we have a fourth time. We have in the command of Hashem to Meishah, the command of Meishah to the Yudin, in the making of it, and then when they brought it to Meishah and number four the terror then finally concludes so we have it mentioned four times and then the terror finally says that the did did everything they were told the explanation of this very simply is the mishkan and the kalim are from the most important and cherished in yonim by the hidden because they brought the by the hidden and this is especially since the Mishkan is called, as Rashi says in our parasha at the very beginning, Mishkan Eidos. It's called Mishkan Eidos because shaviter barchu al maisa eagle. It's an Eidus, a testimony to the Yidin that Hashem forgave them for the maisa eagle. Because he was Master. He rested his Shina among them. So from this, it's even better understood how cherished and important of an Indian it is. Because the cheta eagle is the greatest and most general all-encompassing crete which brought about the greatest concealment of Hashem and it brought about also a decree of annihilation Rahmanul. Islam and it's to the extent that even after the forgiveness Hashem said o pakti that it'll always be there so therefore it's understood on the other hand that that how great the Mishkan was that it undid the hatita eagle. And so therefore it's understood that this great cherishing of the Mishkan by Hashem in the, in the Yidden is the reason the Torah repeats all the details of the Mishkan over and over again and each time with all of its details. It's an expression of how cherished and beloved it is. And regarding our question, why doesn't Rashi give this explanation in order to answer the question that we had? So the reason Rashi doesn't need to explain this here is because he already explained it earlier in Parshas Sarah. Rashi already taught us the idea. Rashi explains in regards to the Torah repeating all the details of the story of Eliezer Ever Avram going to bring Yitzchak. He repeats it when Eliezer is telling Grifka's family what happened and he goes through everything that happened again. So Rashi says that Omar Rabbi Acha Rabbi said, That the Sicha of the servants of the Avis is more beloved by Hashem than the Torah of the children because the parsha of Eliezer is repeated it's written twice in the Torah and many teachings in the Torah are only taught in the Hint so we see that the Torah we see from here that the Torah repeats something which is cherished by Hashem even if there's nothing new that's taught so Rashi already taught this to us and therefore he doesn't repeat it again we already know this idea so that's the final answer to our question we're going to remain with that answer however we're going to have a side question on this we have a question on this answer which we're going to answer so the final answer that we just gave remains we're just going to address a possible question on this which is however we have to understand from this rashi itself we actually see that the opposite is true because what does it mean what it's saying is that by Teras and Shalbanim after Matan Terah, we don't find such a cherishing that would lead to repeating something as we find it done by Sikhas and Shalavdi Avis. He says, Yafa Sikhas and Shalavdi Avis, the Fnea Makim, that the Sikh of Avdi Avis is repeated and Teras and Shalbanim is not repeated. Because if it is repeated, then we don't see that it's Yafa sichos and Shalavdi we only see it because this over here is repeated and by teres and the teres and shalbonim after matera we don't find any of it repeated so this is unique to the sikh of avdi avis so it seems that this rashi actually is saying the opposite of the explanation that we're giving over here based on rashi the explanation is the meaning of Yafa sikhassin shal avdi avis the mokeh mi isn't coming to emphasize the greatness of avdi avis over the Banim. It's not saying that the Avdi Ovis are greater than the Banim. That's not the point. But rather to emphasize the greatness sometimes in Sicha over Teira. The point of this of this teaching of Rabbi Acha, as we'll see, we're going to mention it again, is to say the greatness of Sicha over Teira. And therefore, since it's so great, so sometimes the Sicha of Avdi Avis will be greater even than the Teira of Banim. But a Sikha of the Banim will be just as great or even greater. Now what's the difference between Teira and Sicha? The difference between them is by Torah. Torah means that Hashem said what and how to do something. It's an instruction. It's a mitzvah. It's a command. That's what Torah is. What is Sikha? Sicha is speech that openly and simply, when we look at it, it isn't a haira, a tzivu, and a Din. Of course, there's something to learn from it. It's in the Torah. But openly, it's not a command, a mitzvah, an instruction that's being given. But rather, it's a story that that relates a situation, an event, an activity. Like by Eliezer, it's relating something that happened. And this teaching of Rabbi Acha is emphasizing the greatness of Sicha. That sometimes the Sicha, even of Avdei Avis, since Sicha is so great, so even the Sicha of Avdei Avis can be greater than the Teira, even of Banim. But if it's a Sicha of the Banim, it'll be just as great or even greater. And so therefore, when we look at the Sicha that we're talking about over here, about the repetition of all the details of the Mishkan, that's considered a Sicha. Because once we learn in Trum Tetzave, the mitzvahs that Hashem gave Moshe Rabbeinu, so afterwards when it relates that Moshe Rabbeinu told the Yidin this mitzvah, with all of the details, and then that the Yidin fulfilled this mitzvah, with all of the details, and then that they brought the Mishkan to Moshe Rabbeinu, with all of the details, all of that, they are not Heirai's Tzavuyim and Dinim, that was already told in Trumtat Tetzaveh. So this is going to be categorized and classified as sikha. And so since we're talking about the Sikh of the mishkan. And like we said, the mishkan is something which is so beloved and cherished. So that's why the Te'er repeats it over and over and over again. And with all of the details, now we're going to present a related point that supports this understanding of the teaching of Rabbi Acha. We're going to present it in two parts because it's a little long. So it's in a gray arrow pointing upwards to indicate that it's supporting what we just learned. According to this, we can understand the reason that Rashi quotes the name of Rabbi Acha his teaching. Because as we know, Rashi doesn't usually tell us the name of the author of the teaching. And if he does, it's because it adds in understanding his teaching. By quoting his name, Rashi teaches us that the emphasis in his teaching, of, in his teaching in Rabbi Acha's teaching, is about the greatness of sicha over Torah and not the greatness of Avdi Avis over the Bonim. Like we explained, the whole idea of this teaching of Rabbi Acha is to tell us the greatness of Sikha over Teira, and therefore sometimes we'll find the Sikha being repeated over and over again, like we do find by Eliezer, even Avdi Avis, and like we find over here even more times by the Bonim, by the by the command and the fulfillment of the command of building the Mishkan and the Nidvasa Mishkan. The way this is connected with Rabbi Akha is because in Mesechus Yuma it teaches the Brysa. It says over there, Tonor rabbanon the Rabbanon taught in the Brysa. It says, you should talk in them, Bum in them in the words of Terah and not in the words of Tefila. Rashi explains this means that you should talk in the words of Terah out loud and not in Tfila out loud. Tefila has to be said quietly. And then it continues, Vidibarta Bum. You should speak in them. In them, you have permission to speak. But you can't speak in other things. Meaning, in general, we're referring to. The Brisa continues. Rabbi Acha says, You should speak in them. You should make them something permanent, something fixed, and not something temporary. Now, since Rabbi Acha only says the regarding Diver the positive that what should you do with them? Make them permanent and not temporary. And it doesn't say the shlila by Dvar He doesn't say what about the not doing, about the negation of Dvar Machirim. Like as Bar Plukta says that, so it implies that according to Rabbi Acha, there's no shlila that applies by Dvar macherem. However, can we say that according to Rabbi Acha, there's a heter for Dvar macherem, for Dvar Matalim? And the, so the explanation is, Rabbi Acha is emphasizing that regarding divrei Terra, there's a constant and absolute Chiyuv of a dibarta and in a way of Keva and not Arai. However, regarding Dvarim Achayrim, we cannot negate them in an absolute way. So in other words, what we're saying over here is that Tanakama, when he says Bum, meaning things of Terah, he's referring to all things of Terah. And so the next, the other category is Dvarim Acherem, however, however, Rabbi Acha, when he says "bam in he's referring to the herois dinim and sevuyim. And what's the other category? It's also Torah but it's sicha. So, however, regarding dvarim acherem, we cannot negate them in an absolute way because there are things that are dvarim of sicha. They aren't dvarim those things are for sure not permitted. But they also aren't meaning they're not herois sevuyim and dinim. Rather, they are the, they are stories and things that inspire and there can be such a sikha that is Yafa And nevertheless, the tzivui of Asseyis and Kev of Al Tasim Ara is only but only applies to Teira, not to Inyanim of Sikha, even though they're part of Terah. Because it's self-understood that we must when we're talking that we're talking about teirah meaning Inyanim that are herois, and dinim, so it's self-understood that we must always remember the heroist of what we must do and what we must not do and therefore a person has to constantly learn them in order not to forget them and so that's the te- we see over here from Rabbi Aha, that he speaks about the existence of dvar machir, meaning the sicha and its importance and the existence of it and the importance of it it's just that that it's not a constant thing it's not something which is kava. Like Taira, which has to be keva since it's the way a yid behaves, what to do and what not to do, which is something a yid has to always know and make sure to learn over and over again so that they, so that one doesn't forget them. So one remembers what has to be done and what's not allowed to be done. And we'll conclude with the explanation of this in Pnimisainanam. We're going to talk about how we see we said that the Nanam of the Mishkan over here are classified as inam of Sikha, because there's no open heyrais, and dinim. Here we're going to explain in how uh, you could classify them not just as sikhah, but as sikhosun of Avde Avis. Like Rabbi Acha says, Yafa sikhosun shall Avde Avis. In Pnimisi this is an Inyan of sikhosun shall Avde Avis. And the two parshias, where all the details of the Mishkan and its Kalim are repeated, there are two general points. Number one is the Nadivis the generosity of the Yidin, that is coming from their heart, that they brought, and with the greatest Zirizus, everything that was needed for the Mishkan to the extent that they needed to announce al they had to make an announcement nobody should should bring any more and it was Vahista, they wrote more than what was needed and then the second thing is the second point is that the Chach fulfilled the Tzivri of Hashem and they did the Melech Mishkan. they made They did the Melech Mishkan, and they made the Kelem so we have over here two points we have the Divas and we have the fulfillment of the Tzivri in greater detail we actually see the scholars of these two points that also by the bringing, also by bringing the donations to the Mishkan. It was fulfilling the Tzivri of Yichulitrumah. So also in the Nedivas Alev, we see the idea of a Tzivri. And also by the Chachmei Lev that we're doing the Tzivri, it says Nesar but We see the idea of Lev. So we have over here Nedivas Alev and Tzivri. And in each of them we have the other one there as well. According to this we can see how we have here both in Yonam of Sicha and Avde. Sicha is connected to Lev because Sicha is the union of Tfilah, like it says, and that's referring to Tfilah, and Tfilah is, so we have over here the idea of Sicha, the idea of Nedivas Alev, is the Sicha part, and Evid emphasizes the Indian of doing Mitzvah, because that's the whole union of an Eved, to do the will of his, of his master, and so you have the Eved, when it comes to the part that they fulfilled it the civilly. and what we learn over here, is that there must be the scholars of both, meaning, Doing mitzvahs, which is the union of Evid, has to be with Nidivus Even the doing mitzvahs, which is the Eved part, it has to be done with Nidivus just like it says by the Chachma Alev, who did the Tzivri, Nisoyer And in the Nidivus you have to feel that it's because of the Tzivri of Hashem. Like we see that when it came to the donations that came from the Alev, they were doing it as a Tzivri of Hashem.